0: This is K-12 Tech Talk. K-12 Tech Talk. The podcast by K-12 Techs for K-12 Techs. Real conversations, real arguments,
1: and real banter on trending K-12 technology topics and issues. Live from the SomethingCool.com studios, this is the K-12 Tech Talk podcast. I am Josh. This is episode 147. We are, what, a week and a half out from Christmas. whole lot of movie watching going on. But instead of watching movies tonight, I think they were watching a movie in the green room together. I don't know what what movie it was. Um, With me tonight,
0: as always, is Chris. Hello. And Mark. Is he always with us?
1: Well... You know, it does. On,
2: guys, it, it does
1: feel like he's part time at times.
2: Um, the movie was Elf. Elf I was gonna, like twenty years old. Hate that movie.
1: <laughs> I I strongly dislike Elf. Elf, and uh, what's the Tom Hanks CGI train movie? Sure. I hate that movie too. Cannot what's that movie? It. What's the movie called? Polar Express. Cannot yes. watch it. Cannot watch it.
2: Saving Private Ryan. <laughs>
1: Good try. Good try, Mark. I don't know that there's any trains in Saving Which me. is
2: a bummer at the end. They get there. He doesn't even want to come home.
1: Love Saving Private Ryan. Great movie. Are we
2: talking about Polar Express?
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Snows. Uh, so I guess it. this plays well into what I'm about to tell you. I played Grinch. The I played the Grinch the other day. We were up in a building, elementary building, set the scene. Elementary school it's early teachers aren't quite there there's just a handful of teachers there students aren't there me and one of my guys are up we're kind of auditing some inventory and chromebook carts which is so much fun Mm -hmm. and um i go into this room it's dark i turn the lights on i'm kind of searching where okay where's the cart i turn to my right and it's okay i see the cart it's in a weird location so I set my Chromebook down, I set my scanner down on a student desk and I'm like I'm going to I'm going to move this cart and situate it so that I can open the door and you know boop 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 scan with the scanner in a in an easier fashion because the cart was was oriented more towards the door and I couldn't reach it so I I grabbed the cart and it won't move like the wheels are locked. So I look down and I I hit the the wheel brakes with my toe with my toe, and you hear that you know tunk, And okay, I can move it. Mm. So I I put yeah the sound effects in the story. I'm I'm just telling you guys Emmy award winning. Um, I I grab the cart and I start. I turn the cart. We're not even. My goal wasn't even like a 90 degree turn. We're probably 22 degrees into the 90 degree turn and I notice things start falling and I look up and there is a Christmas display of a, a nice Christmas tree on top of the cart with ornaments lights there's a thing on the wall as I'm turning the cart I realize that the tree is held it is not it is not vertically stable and as I turn the cart I realize, that what is holding the tree up sure is the tension from the light power cord to the wall so as i adjust the cart you know i, I turn the cart the tension on that cord changes and the tree falls it's a to very the ground. teacher
0: very teacher thing to do oh yeah yes, te- right. teacher budget
1: yes well, yeah. no, because this room didn't have the um, personal teacher creativity. Ice this didn't yep. have the personal ice maker or sitting on top of the cart with the Keurig. That teacher was engineering.
2: Um, I can
1: plug it in and hold the tree up at the same time. Yes. So the tree, the tree comes crashing to the ground. Ornaments, going, you know, those plastic ball ornaments with glitter. They across the
2: room. What's the? Uh, I was going to say, what's the noise? What's yep, the noise?
1: Like, ten of them across the room. Other ornaments hitting the ground, a white, uh, a marker board falls off the wall. You know, me, I, 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 can
0: I just guess that you just froze, sat it, and then just threw your hands up in the air and shrugged it and said, God,
1: God." (laughs) they did cross my mind about just turning around, closing the door and leaving. But I realized (laughs) there were security cameras and like, I, I would have been in trouble. Um, I, I may have uttered a few words, but my arms did go up. Um, So I spent the next probably 15 minutes chasing ornaments around the room, trying Aww. to get the tree to stand Trying up, to save Christmas.
2: You were trying, trying to save Christmas.
1: Trying to save Christmas. I put as many ornaments back on the tree as my patience would allow. And if anyone, if you knew me, you would know that my patience does not allow for many ornaments to be placed. I probably hung two. Um... <laughs> So I did what I needed to do audit wise, took a deep breath, looked at the mess I made, walked out of the room, closed the door. As I'm closing the door, I see the teacher coming down the hall and I'm like, ah, Oh, that God. sucks. Duh. So I say, "Miss Smith, I am, I'm, I have to, I have to tell on myself. I have to rat myself out being the good, the bigger human here. Right.
2: Cause you're hoping to write a note or send an email.
1: Oh, that was not happening. I if, if I didn't see her, I wasn't going to tell her this story. I, oh. blame, it, blame it on, you know, the Earth's movement,
2: whatever. Custodian.
1: I, I wasn't going to throw a custodian under the bus. Oh. So I tell her, I'm like, I'm ratting myself out. I'm sorry. I knocked over your tree. Ornaments went all over the room. I, uh, to be honest, I didn't hang them all back up. I, I got a couple back up. She looks at me and says, that's all right. It's okay. No big deal. I said, just tell your kids the Grinch, the Grinch knocked over the Christmas tree. They won't mind. So that's no. that's how my Wednesday. That's how my Wednesday started.
2: You're a mean one, <laughs> Mr. Grinch. Um, what's wrong with your voice? I was being the Grinch. Oh, okay.
1: Um, so you really are a heel. You guys, uh, have you knocked over any? christmas displays this week no no
0: no Mark? no no You okay all
2: right there's
0: Thank a there's you. we have a big christmas pageant tomorrow so i'm excited for that Ooh, a pageant what, mean, performance are you dressing a, up as a
2: christmas owl yes
1: yes what's the difference between a pageant and just a program i
0: don't i don't know the word
1: i just said the word i'm oh. sorry right. sorry sorry right. we don't have any news tonight i guess Mark is the newsroom on vacation already?
0: Are they not there downstairs? No, no, we ran out of ink, so no news. Sorry. We okay.
2: gave Mark one responsibility. I know. He let show those guys show up go, with news.
0: Let him go on vacation early. Oh, news! I thought you said show up with no
2: news. no. Oh, I thought you were going to say some other
1: <laughs> word. Um,
2: You're as cuddly up. as well,
1: a cactus. It... We we do have some news. Uh the VMware news. Do we want to get into that real quick while while we we're in the news segment? Um, so Broadcom closed the deal with VMware, I guess it was last week. Um, apparently they've already made layoffs and they've come out with a press release saying how they're gonna change licensing. Um, this kind of got some people worked up high and low of it. I'm not gonna read the press release in and its in its entirety, but it looks like they're taking, you know, VMware had um essentials. Essentials Plus, Enterprise, uh, and they all were varying costs, but I think from what this this uh, press release from Broadcom makes it sound like, they're going to force all their customers on either to their cloud foundation platform, which is their flagship enterprise hybrid cloud solution, or Whatever. their uh, vSphere foundation, uh, which delivers more simplified enterprise grade workload platform for mid-sized to smaller customers. So. To me, the way I read this is they're going to force everybody into the higher tier, more expensive tier. So um, it's funny. I already started having budget conversations with our CFO today, and I warned him about this. I'm like, I don't know what it's going to cost, but my guess is it's going to be more expensive. So just be ready for that. Um, So, yeah, if you're a VMware customer, you might want to be paying attention to this and start conversations with your resellers earlier and uh, maybe look at Hyper-V if uh, you haven't already.
2: We do Nutanix over here. I like Nutanix. Okay.
1: I think you're one of like three people.
2: I am. We all know each other. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. There's a bunch of us. Me, you, Bill, Larry. Anybody ever tell you you're as charming as an eel? <laughs> um, I I hate when companies get bought out by other companies. I just, I think it stunts growth for a little while just because they're like, oh, hold on. We got to evaluate all that's going on kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, I'm not not really, I can't really quickly spout off a time when a company buys a company and it's like, great. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you're right. Buyouts are never fun.
2: I don't really have like a, oh no, I can tell you a top three when it was a wonderful thing.
0: I mean I think I I can think of a company that we worked with for about 10 years. They were bought out when we first bought them and it was a there was a slump for 2 to 3 years. And then they started to kind of pick it up a little bit, but it 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 hasn't changed things for any huge ways, good or bad. But in the beginning it was like there's a lot of bad stuff happening.
2: Besides, but, I guess the one big one we know that's been wonderful is Twitter to X. Right, uh, Elon's uh, really turned that thing around. <laughs> He's, so, he's really turned that thing around.
1: The the worry I would have with that statement is you know, VMware being as widely used and as critical of an infrastructure as it is, you don't want to slump with that. Right. Like that mm-hmm. <laughs> that that needs to continue to work. Uh so it's gonna be interesting to see this one kind of shake out. Um Chris, do you wanna I talk to Chris Illingworth. A couple times in the last week, I don't know. I don't know why I was so lucky to uh, get to talk to him a couple times this week, but you know, Chris Illingworth from Fortinet. Uh, they are real big on you know it's e rate season. It's that time of year when people are looking at switching and firewalls. Uh, the the Fortinet or Fortigate, I guess it'd be Fortinet from the gate to the switch uh, is starting to take hold and and get more popular. Uh, Chris, why don't you tell us a little bit more about Fortinet and how they can get hold of Mr.
2: Illingworth. Yeah. Chris Illingworth. Um, he's not a vile one. He doesn't have termites in a smile. Uh, he does have all the sweet tenderness of a seasick crocodile. You can email Fortinet podcast at fortinet.com to learn more about Fortinet, get your switching on (laughs) all that kind of good stuff. Uh, Chris Illingworth is your guy. Fortinet podcast at fortinet.com. I,
1: I have to know do you have the Grinch lyrics memorized or is this because you went? Harrowing? They're
2: just it, they're in my heart. <laughs> All
1: right. Um, Mark, since there was no news that you, you didn't do any news, but you want to tell us about our first listener email?
0: Yeah. So, our first one, let's start with the Reddit thread. Uh, because I thought that was a very helpful one. Uh, a, a, Gentlemen posts on Reddit, uh, Master maintenance 672 I always love saying the names of the Reddit names because they're always fun. Uh, they're building eSports. And a lot of times when we talk about eSports, we talk about PCs and computers and their needs, but what do we do about consoles? This person was asking about Nintendo Switches on their school network. Wanted to know what to whitelist, what to allow, what do you need to do in terms of your SSIDs and your VLANs and your your allow lists? So. Gentlemen, do you, I know you have eSports. Uh, do you have consoles in your districts? Chris, what's going on with your district? We do
2: uh, in our eSports room under our eSports program. Uh, so we've set those things up uh, in particular ways, knowing those MAC addresses and giving them a particular set of, uh, of a VLAN of, you know, we know where they're at, uh, but we don't allow it. Uh, outside of that and it's funny that this was posted because just this week uh we had a student so our our office is at the high school uh we have an open door with a cart that blocks it uh so if you're having a tech problem you can come and see us we direct you to the library first for Chromebook Google issues but uh we do want kids to feel like they can come up to this counter they can talk talk to us uh we want teachers to be able to come up uh, to us just the same uh but anyways, this kid shows up and he's like, "Hey, uh, we're trying to hook up an Xbox in Mr. So and So's room right now uh, to, do Fortinet, Fortinet, to do Fortnite, Fortnite, to do Fortnite, because <laughs> we're doing because we're doing a thing on Gravity." Uh, could, and he's he's he says like, "Could someone come down right now?" <laughs> and everybody's just kind of staring at each other, uh, and then they ended up staring at me, waiting for me to give the response of, "No, we're not coming down right now." And you know, I. The bigger picture thing of you know lack of preparation this needs to come from a teacher not a student showing up to hook up an xbox to a projector we're not going to hire hardwire an xbox in right away without any like what is this you well, know you, for what do we do in the whole you bit?
1: gotta play games on it first
2: uh yeah i mean I give us some prep it. yeah give us some prep it. time and quickly trying to tell this kid there's some stuff involved here uh everything that's getting plugged in to our network or getting uh what Whether it's plugged in or joining the Wi-Fi, it's not just as easy as that anymore. Uh, and even in this case, this particular room we were thinking through, it It has a VGA run, and, and this Xbox is going to need HDMI, so we're going to have to figure an adapter, and is it going to work with the Xbox, all that kind of stuff. So we allow them as far as the eSports program goes, uh, but besides that, we we would just say no.
1: The only consoles we have are console TVs. Um, <laughs> I will say my kid has taken his switch to school uh and played Mario Kart with his advisory hour on the projector and smart board in the classroom but from an official standpoint we we don't have any sports program in our high school um it'd be i it's one thing that's kind of been on my radar for a couple of years to start, but unfortunately we don't have that um so we haven't had to officially cross this bridge with a Nintendo switch yet.
0: Mm. Uh, very similar josh we, we don't have consoles uh but we are definitely seeing more and more people starting to uh, ask for support for them um i did in, in researching this article i found a couple of resources we'll share in the show notes one was from the reddit article itself uh, uh, another reader had shared uh, a, a, an article from play versus it's a, an esports company uh, and they have a very, very, very detailed uh, list of the different games and your IT checklist is in your inclusion list. So the, the kind of the network requirements that you need to do. The other one that I found was from Oklahoma. Uh, it was the Oklahoma uh, eSports uh, organization uh, and they have a technical support uh, document and I'll share it with you guys now and make sure that, that uh, uh, we put that in the show notes where you have all the different games uh, and then you can click on a game like Nintendo or, oh, or cool. Xbox or Steam, yeah. uh, and then say, "All right, what do I need to do for that?" And it kind of gives you the the ports that you need to allow, the the domains that you need to uh, to check, and uh, and then a couple of other uh, requirements for peer to peer or or whether it's uh, any sort of router settings. Very very cool. Uh, Keep place place to place to, uh, to reference. I'd just recommend bookmarking both of these. Yeah, that's neat uh yeah in case you have troubles with your consoles or or any other esports games and want to try it out
1: i expected chris to sing the uh theme from oklahoma the musical
2: i got one song in my soul tonight
1: oh french <laughs> okay
0: what else you got You got Mike? garlic in your soul the other one actually josh you were the one brought this one i wasn't even uh, aware of this article until you pointed this out one to me this is on k12 tech pro uh and i gotta say when you've seen it all and then you see <laughs> you see something like this uh somebody posted and we'll we'll hide the names as in any sort of other identifying information but somebody posted i have a teacher that has apparently been approved to paint their walls it's like oh this is fine this is that's very good nice. cool i
1: i don't I don't think we would allow our teachers to paint their walls. Like that's a standard in our district.
0: I painted my classroom when I was a teacher. Did you really? Yeah, I painted it and walked away. No, don't tell anybody. <laughs> um, but they got permission to paint their walls with nickel-based paint, which I had no idea was even a thing, which prevents any outside signals from reaching into their classroom and preventing the class, uh, WLAN from re- leaving the room. Uh, and the person has a lot of concerns about what that does for signals in or out of the classroom and they have an emergency alert app and how does that handle things. So I've never heard of such a thing in terms of nickel based paint. And I cannot imagine why anybody would want to paint their classroom uh, with that paint uh, for what reason, first off and then not thinking about through the different repercussions of that one. So shocking, shocking, to, to say the least, that's a thing in classrooms.
1: Yeah, I, I saw that article and I kind of had a back and forth with the person that posted it saying, okay, what's the rationale for the teacher, from the teacher about doing this? Like, what's the real reason here? Are they afraid of, or they have concerns of RF and cancer threat or like, what's the problem? And I think it kind of boils down to uh, removing distractions, student distractions from their cell phones and and blocking cell sit service. And uh, I, I commented, man, I was in a conversation years ago back when we had a cell phone problem. I'm like, back then I was like, well, why don't we just block let, let's get a jammer, throw it in the ceiling and block cell service? And it turns out that's illegal. Um, I did I did a Google search uh, and found an FCC page. That, that quotes FCC rules that says any, any uh, intentional act to block cell service or other RF frequency, um, and it doesn't matter if it's in the home, classroom, business, whatever, is a federal violation. Uh, so I gave that guy, the, the person who posted this originally, I gave him that link as kind of backup to uh, maybe have another conversation about this paint.
2: I just, I don't, I, cause I, 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 I commented like, I think get your safety director involved. Like there's no way that should fly. Yeah. I mean, there's just no way.
1: Yeah. When you, when you think about emergencies, you know, people needing to use your cell phones. Yeah. It's crazy.
0: And I, and that's, that's a decision. You're not going to easily reverse. I mean, how do you get rid of paint on the wall? You are, removing it through well it's got nickel in it so yeah even able to use traditional paint strippers to i I,
1: yeah are you sanding it and if if you sand it do you have to wear a respirator because the dust has a metal in it like that yeah that's got all sorts of problems written all over it
2: so to that teacher you're a monster (laughs) mr Grinch. i think
1: i think the Grinch musical needs
2: to end. Oh, did I kill that bit?
1: Yeah, I you've ran that into the That's worse than the Grinch uh, Previous
2: school district, I remember reading this article about uh, microwave frequency potentially impacting Wi-Fi. Oh, absolutely. And I tried to get maintenance director to like lock arms with me that we shouldn't allow microwaves in classrooms. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we both said something to our superintendent, and the superintendent said he's not going there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no but i mean it's documented uh, microwaves really
2: screwed with 2.4 bad yeah. but this paint thing is a whole nother it's a next level thing yeah because it that's intentional like you know you know teach her at the microwave that's not right she's yeah. trying to get her leftover chicken strips warmed up this yeah. is like going out of your way to block i just i don't know
1: yeah i there's a lot of emergency service repercussions let alone renovation repercussions with that, I think. So if you've had something similar like that come up wanting to install a Faraday cage or chicken wire in a classroom, email us, let us know. We'll be curious or or hop on <laughs> pro. Um <laughs> I, I you know like Mark Mark, like you said, you think you've seen everything and then something like this. Like how how often conversations like this being had and i bet you it's more frequent than what we realize i've had i've had a teacher uh repeatedly unplug access points in in their room because they had rf concerns about can't you know that's going to cause cancer stuff like that and then at the same time after he after they unplugged the access point colin complained that Wi-Fi service is bad and they can't use their Chromebooks in their classroom. Like, well, what do you, what do you think is going to happen? You just unplug the device that's offering that service. So whatever.
0: Uh, I just Googled this paint cause I'd yep. never heard this. Yeah. $200 a gallon. Oh my gosh. I'm to...
1: It's
2: nickel. PTO
1: right. probably paid for it.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean,
1: <laughs> nickels are, are <laughs> Or five cents each. Think about how many nickels it would take to go around your room. That's a lot of nickels. That's a lot of nickels.
2: I'll tell you that right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and heavy. Like, yeah. It's a lot of glue. Um, Let's see. So, the next couple episodes, we're going to be recapping 2023 as, as we saw it. And what we're seeing for 2024. This week we're going to kind of recap the top stories that we saw, uh, from 2023. Uh, not going to lie, Mark's done the most of the work on this list. So we'll let him, uh, lead us along the way. We'll hold hands and, and kind of step through it with him. But Mark, why don't you take it away? What, what top, top stories of 2023?
0: Well, we we kind of focused on three main themes, and there's definitely a lot of uh, sub stories within these. But the 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 three themes we want to talk about are the ones that we've talked about here on the podcast quite a lot, and we've seen them talked about on on Reddit and on uh, on on other different forums. Uh, But these are what we felt were the top three themes that we've um, have impacted the K twelve technology world the most. Specifically, our industry, which is kind of the tech support. Uh, district leadership, district technology stuff. So the first one, which I, I don't think anybody is going to um, guess anything other than this one, was the first story that really hit us in the the start of this year, which is artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence really hit the K-12 environment uh, uh, very quickly uh, in, in 2023 in January with the introduction of ChatGPT and everybody saying, block it, block it, block it. Uh, and then that quickly turned into, well, we can't block it. We can't escape this. How do we make sort of meaningful usage of it? Uh, and and Josh and Chris, you and I have talked quite a lot uh, on this one, and and I think our thoughts and 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 opinions have changed over the the last few months. But you know, where are you? Where did you start twenty twenty three on artificial intelligence? Where are you ending it?
1: Uh, okay. Since you guys aren't talking, I'll go. <laughs> um. agree completely the the beginning stance was was block it because everybody when when gpt in particular um was first released actually it was just over a year ago i brought it to my admin team and showed them and it wrote a paper on ancient egypt in like 30 seconds um blew everybody's minds we took the stance of block it then um we've we've slowly rolled that back for teachers because Mark as you alluded to, there is a meaningful use from a teacher' standpoint from a curricular standpoint of differentiating learning differentiating um, reading uh, segments or um, selections from books. It can help teachers create lesson plans, uh, language arts type stuff, foreign languages. Um, but from a student aspect uh, we we still our tenant of what we allow and what we block. The very first thing, I guess, litmus test kind of thing is that student data privacy. So still, there are a number of them. That category is blocked because most of them don't adhere to student data privacy rules. Um, so until there becomes a tool, and I'm sure there will be, you know, Grammarly claims there now, you know, they've been AI for a while now to help with grammar. Um, when there's a tool that's available that does meet privacy rules and isn't going to resell it or isn't learning from the content you are putting into it, which I think is the whole point of of these types of large language models. Um I don't know that we'll really take the step of helping students use it. Now, personally, my son knows how to use GPT. He's he's been using it. It's helping him uh write emails and stuff like that. He he's used it on more than one occasion. So there is definitely a uh, real life application to these tools that that is what's going to be uh, in focus over the next five, 10 years. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what else to say.
2: I can remember, and I think it was like October, November last year, a teacher friend asking me if I had heard of chat GPT and he had it on his phone. Uh And we were at Whatever, a friend's house, and we were goofing around and asking basic questions, and you were just kind of like learning what it did. And it was really just giving you knowledge back that you're like, you know, this is like a glorified Google search result, you know, that it put right. into some paragraphs. But to then fast forward, that I've had teacher requests when Chat GPT isn't working well, and they think it's something with our content filter that they are using it uh, for ideas for lesson plans. Uh, to myself, using it, I've used it a couple of times when I'm needing to write some quick narratives. Uh, you know, give me 500 words or less, and then condense it down. And then I take it and I, you know, read it myself and personalize it myself, that kind of thing. Uh, I can see in a year uh, how much it has changed and how much people have started to get like aware of what what AI is uh, and kind of where it's tracking to be. So I think it's going to be. Of course, we're going to see it more and more. Uh, even I'm I'm messing with the Midwest Tech Talk uh, tech conferences for March and July, and we use Eventbrite uh, for ticketing. Uh, I was in Eventbrite today, and it says, do you want to make an event from scratch? And it was like, or do you want to use Eventbrite's AI? That's new. And it was like, we're <laughs> going to ask you a couple of questions, and we're going to you know fill out all your stuff for you. So I think we're going to start seeing it in more and more things. And I think there's this line of like, like you said with Grammarly, we're going to call it AI. We're going to brand it AI now because that's the trendy thing. Right. Uh, I'm kind of over that already, I think. Like, can we just add it as a feature? Do we have to call everything AI? AI.
1: Well, Canva has AI. You know, it, yeah, whatever. Mark?
0: Yeah, it, it was one that it it definitely turned into a trend of every vendor, every tech, ed tech vendor saying that they are, uh, they have AI. Uh, there, there is definitely a lot of work for us to do though, in the K-12 world. Uh, one of the resources I wanted to, to link within the show notes is the COSIN Gen AI readiness checklist. It is a great kind of a conversation starter with your leadership team and a good way to kind of formulate how your approach is at the district level. And it will raise questions that you hadn't thought about. I mean, we talk a lot about, about a lot about the usage of it and cheating But this is really more around like, what are your legal policies and what are your terms and conditions uh, that you're agreeing to as you start to do this. So definitely a plug for Cosin's resource on Jenna AI, especially as we get into 2024, which will be another year of the heck is AI going to do to our classrooms now. So uh, definitely the I think one of the bigger stories um, uh, was AI for for K-12 technology.
1: I'll tell you what AI is not going to do. In that classroom with nickel paint, it's not gonna do a damn thing. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing.
0: Uh second topic, I, I don't think anybody was gonna be surprised about this one, cybersecurity. So tell me
1: more, what is this? Cyber
0: Yeah, war? it's uh you know that firewall thing we talk about a lot? I turn it's mine bad. off. Yeah. Such a pain to have a firewall. Yeah, I know. Uh, cybersecurity was definitely something that has been growing over the last five to 10 years, but I think 2023 really took a different turn with it. Um, what we have noticed a lot is that ransomware attacks have transitioned. It used to be all about uh, harden your systems. You don't want to allow somebody to take you down and 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 hold the keys to the castle so you're offline until you pay a ransom. Now, uh, attackers, and this is one that both MS Isaac and Siza have come out with and said be very careful of, that attackers are coming in they're stealing as much data as fast as possible. And that is their ransom. Uh, They have their data from you. You can't really, you can't do anything about it once they steal your data. Uh, And that is definitely a lot of the headlines that we saw in 2023 was ransom exfiltration and ransom uh, and then data exfiltration and then ransoming. Uh, So that was really definitely the pivot. Uh, The other pivot that we saw really is around third party app Mitigation and student accounts being uh, the big target, uh, gentlemen. What are your thoughts on on cybersecurity and how have your thoughts changed in the last year?
1: Uh, I I think the trend um, from ransom to this data exfiltration makes sense when you when you look at it. And I I think we've talked about this before. When you look at it from the aspect of the amount of prep work, money, defenses that schools have put in to prevent ransomware or to help prevent ransomware backups, next gen AV, which we're going to talk about later. Um, the, the next easiest target or the next easiest way to make money or threat is to instead of just ran, of encrypting that data is to pull that data out and hold it ransom from a threat of making it public. And that's, that's you couple that with the threat has shifted from faculty staff accounts getting leveraged to now what we've seen with Clark County and Jefferson County, Colorado, where student accounts were, it appears to be the original entry vector. Again, we've put up all of these defenses. We've put all this work into securing faculty and staff accounts with multi-factor authentication for remote access. Multiple steps, strong passwords, passphrases, long passwords. You're not doing that for students. No one that I know of is requiring students to have multi-factor authentication. You might require long passwords, but you're, you're not doing MFA. Again, it's the next easy target. It's the next easy, easier method. Um, I, I think that's been a huge trend for this past year.
2: I think for me, and I was trying to think of the word, I don't know that it's fear, like the fear that I have of the bad guys. And again, I don't know if that's the right word. Maybe it is, or the anxiety I get, uh, the responsibility, maybe that my position feels about, uh, knowing about the bad guys and staying up to date on what's going on with the, what they're up to kind of thing. I think it's shifted where I, I don't know. I used to look around at my neighbors and they hadn't been attacked. Right. Yeah. Uh, and now I have several schools that are within easy miles of me that have gone through something bad, have gone through ransomware. Uh, so I guess there's just a more 2023 brought more awareness, like that, that the likelihood of it happening to me is a lot higher than I really thought it was. Uh, maybe the blissful feeling of it's not going to happen to me is gone. Um, because of what Josh just mentioned, those things have changed. We're not just worried about the teacher locking their, you know, we 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 left the day of like all I'm care, all, all I'm caring about is does the teacher lock their computer when they right. leave so that the yep. gradebooks left open. Yeah we move past that. And then we're worried about faculty staff, uh, that they're gonna click on the bad link. Well, now we're worried about too, our kids. We're worried about all users. And we always said we were worried about all users, but now we really uh we really are. We really are aware of that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's almost the the comparison of of how cybersecurity has changed to how parenting has changed over the last few years, right? So, we we used to think about cybersecurity in terms of how do you lock down the castle and you protect everything, and make sure that you know nobody can get through your backups and nobody can get through your firewalls and your filters and things. But nowadays, ransomware is so quick and so easy that it just takes one person opening up a spreadsheet. Uh, or or clicking the wrong link and and data being stolen and then ransomed, very similar to, you know, my parents always say that used to be as long as I was in the door, I was safe. Uh, but nowadays, you know, the, the threat for kids is not yeah. what's on the street; it's what's in their pocket with the with cell phones and things, and that's that's a scarier threat. To think that the threat is is so much closer to the heart and so much easier. So. Uh, you know we saw the beginning of the school year begin with the white house bringing everybody together to talk about this well, issue and uh and i we, know we have we lots of
1: thoughts we didn't see it
0: because we <laughs> weren't there lots of lots of thoughts about that uh without us being there um but <laughs> uh but i think the important part is this conversation reached the highest level uh of our government and and so it's now reached a a new fever pitch in terms of uh its importance both at the federal state and and local level. So thanks for so bringing these hurtful feelings back up Mark. Listen, we could make a joke about us going to the White House and some of us being really excited about that and and maybe others not. So one uh, not. But yeah, whatever. <laughs>
2: I'd say something, but you probably censor me.
0: (laughs) Hey, go back to your
2: third-party app thing. What what did you say about that? I don't think we really answered that one.
0: Oh, yeah. How we also need to make sure that we're maintaining and and mitigating any risks in third-party apps uh, vendors. You know, we've seen a lot of third-party apps breached and notifying school districts that their, their information has been compromised, so... Uh, it's not just about protecting your own castle. It's about making sure that your vendors that you're working with and you're putting, you're giving data to, are secure in their castle.
1: Which, which is like herding cats. But you know, I, I'll talk about that in a minute too. I've got a little rant, I'm cooking up about yeah. cats. Cats. Yeah. I, I yeah. I knocked over Christmas trees. I'm going to rant about cats. Get ready.
0: <laughs> okay. Well. And this is a perfect transition because the third area (laughs) that uh, we felt was a big uh, focus area and something that we've seen a lot of both within our organizations, within our personal lives, and within some of the forums is the issue of burnout. Uh, Burnout has hit a lot of people. It has hit a lot of people in school districts. we have seen a lot of tech directors and CIOs really struggling uh with the weight of the pandemic the weight of their role post-pandemic um trying to figure out how to uh, handle turnover across your organizations with the amount of staff turning over in both your leadership as well as your teachers uh and then the amount of apps and technologies that were adopted post-pandemic and us trying to now figure out how to operationalize and, and and move these things into. Uh, long-term support has been really, really challenging in the organization. So, you know, we just wanted to kind of close out our top stories of 2023 by talking about this issue of burnout and and what are some of the things that we're doing to to address this, both personally and and with our colleagues. So, Josh, you burnt out about yeah. cats and yes, everything. Okay. I,
1: I've been offended. Um, no, I I think this goes hand in hand with. Uh, a post I saw over on Reddit a couple weeks ago about imposter syndrome. And I, th- I think you could make an argument that um, phases are stages of burnout go hand, can go hand in hand with imposter syndrome. Uh, and I, I think there's one, we all know this and I think it validates you to hear it from someone else. So if this validates you, I'm happy. Um, K 12 IT in particular is a is a rough job in IT. Like n- there aren't many other industries. Uh it, it's no secret. I'm I'm older than these other two Yahoos that I'm on here with.
0: By I, a lot. The old
1: man. I've uh although I think Chris has more gray hair in his beard than I do. You are the fifth person to talk about my gray hair and my beard today. Um I've, I've, I'm not even kidding. The fifth person. I've been in uh, different <laughs> industries. I was in healthcare for a while, higher ed for a while. One thing that K twelve, more K twelve departments uh, have as a characteristic is we are wearing all of the hats. And when you're wearing all of the hats, you know you're you might be a system admin, you might be a server admin, network admin. You're going to uh, cabinet meetings, policy discussions. You're doing all of those tasks that in a, in a business world or a corporation, those are divvied up among multiple people. So I think that's where burnout and imposter syndrome creep in at a higher frequency and probably um, magnitudes worse than what you would experience in other businesses. Or other other industries. And I I I just it it needs to be said that if you're in K-12 for very long and you're not getting fired or you're not getting written up, your job's getting done, your tasks are getting closed, you're not an imposter. Um, you might be feeling burnt out, but but you're not an imposter. You're getting the work done, you're doing you're doing the good work. Um, I think that needs to be said, and I don't think people Outside of K twelve, understand the responsibility that K twelve IT departments hold, um, because like we've alluded to already, we are we've gone from worrying about faculty, worrying about staff, worrying about a superintendent clicking a link, to now worrying about Mark's sixty thousand students clicking a link or having a weak password and those documents getting downloaded. Um, the magnitude of responsibility that a department of four people have with a user base of 5,000 people, including students and faculty, is ridiculous in in these IT departments. And I think that's where this feeling of burnout... You look at Missouri, I think this... Two years ago, we had a new superintendent, or last year, we had a new superintendent. I think in in their... Um, They had to go to those new superintendent classes, whatever. I think the statistic was said that like 30% of schools in Missouri had a new superintendent last year. So you couple that with fresh leadership in a district with IT, a lot of changes are happening. That burnout, that imposter syndrome is rampant right now. I don't know. That's my rant. Sorry, I didn't mention cats. Mark's yawning.
2: Sorry, that was great. I just want to say, hey, don't rot yourself off just yet. Don't rot. It's only in your head you feel left out or looked down on. Just try your best, try everything you can. Just a chat. You know this song?
1: Oh, I thought you used Chat GPT to write this.
2: Jimmy Eat World. I forgot. You guys don't listen to good music. This is my burnout hanging out with you guys.
0: Sorry. Is this a recap of 2023 or 2001? (laughs) 2003. 2003. Sorry.
1: Mark, you have a commentary on burnout and all
0: that. Uh, I know. I I mean, you, you, you said it, you said it very well. We're, we're all dealing with this and it, and it's exhausting and you kind of wake up and say, is this going to be the same thing or, or what's going to, you know, what's today going to bring me? Um, I think one thing that keeps me going is that everybody in this industry is dealing with the same thing. And all of us are dealing with insufficient staff and insufficient budgets and trying to figure out how to do more with less. Um, what I what I try to appreciate from that, though, is it forces you to to prioritize. It sure. forces you to focus in on, on what you need to get done for that day. and And every day is very different. That is painful and that is hard, um, but I really enjoy keeping my mind busy and keeping my body busy. And I think I, you know, I, I there were was a um, a job that opened up across the street from my house. At a, I live next to a park, uh, and the park opened up a job for the IT director. And it's, a couple of people sent it to me I'm like, you should apply for this. What could be better than being the IT director at a park? And I can't think of anything. Outdoor that would be...
1: Wi-Fi would suck. Like that yeah, would be, yeah, um... yeah,
0: yeah. This, I mean, this is a full-time job, and there are two buildings. It's a, it's a big one and a big park. And I, and I, my honest response is, I can't think of anything that'd be worse than being the IT director of a park. There, what do you, like, doing what do you all I was gonna
2: say, what do you do?
0: What Get, do you do? Getting Wi-Fi for the squirrels. Yeah. So <laughs> Wi-Fi goes down, I go home. Um, and, and I think that's what I really enjoy about the job that I'm in and the industry that I'm in is that it, it does keep you busy. It, it keeps your mind and your body going. It is exhausting and it is frustrating and we're all dealing with burnout. Um, but I think we're all in this battle together and we're all in this, this fight together. So I've, like I said, when we talked about burnout a few weeks ago, I really appreciate you guys and I really appreciate the, uh, the community that you guys have built. Uh, and if you've made it this far in the podcast, then we built,
1: we, we have built, include yourself in that,
2: but I was going to schmooze on that too. Like what gets you through burnout or what has gotten me through every bit of burnout I've ever experienced in my life is community. Whether it's a a person I'm talking to on the phone, whether it's a a group text, whether it's discord, whether it's K-12 tech pro or going to conferences, find people that are like you uh, which are going to be tech K 12 texts, uh, find your K 12 texts that you can hang out with and hang out with them. Even if it's via text, even if it's via uh, a group email, whatever it is, that's going to get you through your burnout. Uh, there's been several times when we jump on whatever together, if it's this, or if it's a quick phone call, uh, we vomit on each other about how bad the day was. We do a lot of that before we uh, hit the record button here. Uh, you need someone to talk to, to get you through Uh, that stuff so I feel for those I think it's like the same person almost on that subreddit that's talking about burnout it's like he's trying to find his community on that subreddit Uh, just find it it might be your uh, your colleagues at the school districts around you and we talk about this texts are awkward I don't like make my I don't like making eye contact with people Uh, that's why text is good but find people find k-12 texts that you can hang out with that you can talk to uh, just to get you through that burnout stuff
1: you know, one other thing that I've done on on occasion when I'm having a really rough day and I'm feeling burnt out and I'm like, okay, it, it's over. I, this We're done. We're done here. I will go hang out in like a kindergarten classroom because kindergarten classrooms are fun or go to an early childhood classroom.
2: Because destroy their Christmas trees. And
0: and destroy the Christmas trees. Yes. Yeah. That was
2: a twist in the story. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I I will go go to classrooms and I will ruin their Christmas.
1: Smash the ornaments. Here's the real
2: story. You walked into that room, you saw that Christmas tree. You're like, I want to tear that thing down. What can I do? (laughs) And you shoved a Chromebook card up into it. Yeah. And then you had remorse. Yeah. No,
1: just go hang out in a (laughs) kindergarten classroom, read a story with the kids. You'll spend 20 minutes in there just hanging out with the kids. Like that will, I, I think that'll kind of reprioritize things and let you know, one, why you're there. You're you're there to help those kids. Fix their learn. Christmas tree. Hang the ornaments <laughs> on the Christmas tree. Yes. Paint reindeers, paint whatever. Yes. You could play Santa Claus.
2: You were like Mrs. Smith. She's had twenty work orders this year. I'm going for her room. I was
1: gonna go smash <laughs> her tree up. Yeah, it was. It was. I will say that tree destroying the tree was cathartic.
0: Um, if I knew Miss Smith, whoever this teacher is, I would tell her. I want you to go into the nearest network closet. I need you to pull all of the cables as hard as you can. And, then and walk see over how to quickly Josh, Josh <laughs> comes running, and say, "I just want to let you know what happened." But I plugged a couple of them back in. <laughs> i plugged back in as many cables as you can. <laughs> and
1: by the way i looped it
0: josh i went into your network closet and it was so dirty uh and i got a bucket of water and a rag and i washed down <laughs> yeah all of your network equipment merry christmas by the way the wi-fi is down go ahead and yeah. fix it please. can
1: you fix that please all right, uh, Chris, can you talk about Extreme Networks real
2: quick? <laughs> yeah, Extreme Networks, a proud sponsor for the K12 Tech Talk podcast. You can email Dmayer at extremenetworks.com. I have replaced all but like one or two PIDly switches, all with Extreme. Is that a brand name? Those... Piddly? Yeah, Piddly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm getting those replaced uh, actually over Christmas break. They're just some minor ones. I'm going to try to do those myself. But I'm using Cloud IQ, Pilot stuff, whatever, using Site Engine for my Switch config backups as well. Uh, all good stuff with extreme. So email dominic at extreme networks.com.
1: So that's, uh, that's the end of this primary, uh, part of this episode next week. We'll have some, uh, we'll, we'll do some forecasting. Chris has a crystal ball, um, that he's going to get out and we're going to forecast what we think is going to be coming in 2024. But first, the rest of this episode is uh, an interview with David Wren that we did, uh, the CEO of NTP. He's been a sponsor with us for a little bit. Uh, Chris has a has an exciting announcement at the end of this Big interview. announcement. Um, but David David is coming on with us to kind of explain what NTP really does. Um, I guess he took offense that we haven't done a good job at explaining what NTP does. They do more than sell Sentinel-1 EDR. Uh, so please stick around for the the interview with David. It's good. Uh, he we kind of talk a little bit about pricing with uh, some of their services. so if you're curious, we keep talking about it we keep saying that he can save you money. Uh, we kind of allude to what his cost is. Uh, so if you're in the market for a next gen AV or an edR twenty four seven monitored sock, hang out and listen to this interview.
2: I was gonna say he, it, we- I, I, I think Josh has done a, a good job of explaining NTP, but this isn't like David does a great job of explaining NTP, gets into the EDR pricing, gets into the other services that they do stuff. Uh, it was a good interview with David, and he talks about there's some free stuff he's going to give away with K12 Tech Pro if you're not on there yet uh, as well. It's a good interview.
1: Yeah, so if you're not on K12 Tech Pro and you're curious what we keep talking about,
2: listen to this interview.
1: Take action on it. Email k12techtalk at gmail.com and uh, take advantage of what David's talking about with uh, as it relates to K12 Tech Pro. So, gentlemen, any closing thoughts?
2: Love you guys.
1: All right. Love we are
2: too. K12 Tech Talk and so are you. I don't love you anymore. <laughs> so, yeah, we're here with David Wren from NTP. Uh, we've talked about him for many, many months. Uh, and we finally got him to sit down in the hot seat uh, <laughs> to hang out with us for a few minutes. So, uh, David, how's it going? It's going great. How are How are you guys doing? You know, we're hanging out. It's almost Christmas. Yeah.
1: I think this was Chris. Wasn't this a condition of? Well, you didn't go last week, but this was a condition of. Um, David had a Christmas party last last week. Is that last week? And yeah. uh, you know, thing. It was a Christmas holiday, Christmas party business. So, to to uh, to make up for that, we're we're having him on, um, you know, to make amends for maybe things that were said. It was a good party, huh? It was a good party. It was a good, yeah. It was a little. It was it was a good party. And
3: um, we, we had quite a few K twelve there.
1: Yeah, we did. Yeah, we yeah. kind of took over that one room. Yeah, it was pretty cool.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah. David sent me a picture of like some of my favorite people. Um, cause I didn't get to attend that party and I was really, I was really jealous of all of the, uh, all of the people present in K-12.
1: Yeah, it was good. So David, <clears throat> we've had, you we've, we've been talking about you. You've been a sponsor of the show for like Chris said, a, a couple months now, several months now. Um, you know, we, we hit on the topic that, that you sell, uh, sock service, 24 seven sock service, as well as next gen EDR or antivirus, but you guys do a bunch more stuff. Uh, so, so real quick, couple minutes, give us an idea of what NTP does beyond, or if you want to elaborate on what we've already talked about, cause we do such a bad job about it. Um, yeah. let it, let the listeners know what else you guys do that you can help them with.
3: Yeah. So, you know, we're a, we're a full 24 seven sock, um, We're 24 and a half years old. I think around April of next year will be our 25th anniversary. So we've been, I I say we've been doing security before security was cool, right? We started doing uh, network analyzers and doing network assessments. And then, you know, one of the things that we focus on is if you don't know the network very well, um, you don't know what you're protecting. So understanding networking and everything is key to everybody in our our SOC. So we kind of look at that SOC visibility triad, and we look at managed EDR, and which some people think, well, if you're managing an endpoint, that that's MDR or NDR, and and that's actually not the case. It's a managed endpoint solution. So we do a managed MDR, which is a network-based solution. We do uh, a sim, you know, managed sim, which is our in-house technology that we've kind of built from the ground up, and. Uh, we started uh, developing that eight years ago, and we've been selling it and managing it for eight years. Uh, we have a full team of developers that kind of uh, work on that on a regular basis, just kind of improving you know, features functionality and adding new stuff all the time. So when you look at that, it's we get the the endpoint protection, uh, full EDR. We get uh, threat and vulnerability management. We get the network traffic flow, and we use analyzers and do traffic flow analysis. We have the sim for uh, correlating all that information. We've built a SOAR solution for security orchestration, take in a critical log data, analyze those logs, and there's a few things that we do that's kind of outside of that, but that's that's like the core of SOC as a service.
1: Okay, so when you you guys have been in this twenty four almost twenty five years. I think it's important to to note, or excuse me, um, that this isn't just something that you guys got into because you saw it as a vertical that you could make money on. Like you've been in this for a while, um, and you're not new to K twelve necessarily. You've had K twelve clients for a while, but you also serve uh, clients outside of K twelve. So it's not that you're super niche in K twelve and only pay attention to what they're doing. But you're, you're wide enough or big enough that you are exposed to threat vectors of all sorts because uh, your client list sees threats that K-12 may not see and K-12 sees threats that, that the rest of your clients may not see. So you're, you're a, well-rounded indiv- or a well-rounded company from that aspect. Um, can you speak a little bit to, to that about how um, you guys are seeing K-12 and, and what similarities they're showing? with your other clients like is it all the same is is there nuance to to each one
3: yep to- totally different and you, you know uh very interesting because when when we first uh, started in security early on um penetration testing was a requirement for healthcare and financial industries yep. so uh we have quite a few customers in that space and then the uh, DoD had requirements on, uh, you know, their downline for supply chain and manufacturing. So we've got quite a few customers in that space. Um, we do have some Fortune 500 and large healthcare, uh, obviously. And so it's it's really different. There's there are you know there's similarities like some of the bad actors and some of the the groups are are the same. The state sponsored and then kind of like what we know as. Uh, the current modern mafia, you know, that has uh different financial interests in this. I mean, it's a it's a trillion dollar industry, you know, cybercrime is and sure. fraud. So um we we do kind of look and in, in our sim and the triggers that we're looking for, um, if we see it in one industry, we'll kind of put that across the board and watch it uh everywhere. But as you know in K-12, it's it's also a, an additional uh item that we see is you guys got some crafty kids, you know, that get sure. into middle school and <laughs> high school, and we've seen stuff where they're gonna DDoS, you know, they'll, if they're doing e-testing, you know, we're like, hey, I've got third hour, and they'll actually buy a DDoS against yep. the school during the third hour and bring those tests down. So um, so it's kind of interesting. And, you know, what what our, our team in the SOC does is we track as much of that and, you know, get on top of it as soon as possible. And then you know we do have a, a managed WAF you know solution to protect against those types of things. Um, we do penetration testing, so we find those weaknesses, and we include an annual pen test with our TBM service. So yeah, it's it's a it's a wide range, but it's fun, and you, you know the guys in the SOC every day is different and entertaining. So you know they're kind of enjoying that. Um, Every now and then they get out of the office, you know, in teams and do, you know, human compliance or security awareness training. And, you know, we've, myself, we've found ourselves behind teller lines and banks, you know, through human compliance and social engineering. So it's, it's, it's a interesting, uh, job for us, I guess.
1: So I, I, I think all of that to say, this isn't just something that you guys saw as a, a new, um, revenue stream and jumped into this that you you know you might see some companies doing that this is this is what ntp has done for almost 25 years uh so they know it forward and backward one of the things that we have talked about um is your edr you guys resell sentinel one or you you sell sentinel one um and i think it's important to talk about the version of sentinel one like it's sentinel complete which is one of the top tiers if not the top tier of sentinel Um, But if you're looking at the schools, if if you're looking at um, other EDR type solutions, one that might be called cold dog or one that might be called group slaps, you get what I'm saying here.
2: Um, That was good. That was good, Josh.
1: I know. I can't just off the top of my head, man. Um so I, I think the the important distinction David because it, it's no secret these these can be expensive. The, these tools can be very expensive and I think that that turns off some people and gets them in a, a mentality of looking for those cheaper solutions one that is a, is a number. Um so I I think it's important to say we're not going to give the exact price but in relative terms, under 50 bucks a month, and I'm not talking 49.99, um, <laughs> under 50 bucks a month per client, or I'm sorry, 50 bucks a year per client, not a month, 50 bucks a year per client, um, they can have your sentinel one offering managed by the SOC, which is amazing pricing from what I've seen of other products. Um, so if, if you want to talk about Sentinel One real quick and your relationship with Sentinel One, because I know that's not a a short-term relationship, either. You know, you, your socks been around 25 years. How long have you guys been working with Sentinel One?
3: Yeah, so um, we started working with Sentinel One. I think they started um, uh, selling licenses, selling product in 2016, 2017, and uh, we were early, early adopters. You know, uh, we we were um, at the time kind of partnered up with a group slap uh, solution. And um, that was one of our complaints because it it was pricey and then you get creep and it creeps, you know, the subscription creeps every year. So we did some side by side comparisons. We have a lab and we bring, you know, even when we see new stuff come across, we put throw that in a lab and, you know, our guys throw everything at it. And, um, you you know, we were very impressed with the way that S1, Sentinel-1 kind of handled all of that. And we, we went to one of our clients, a larger K-12 in the, in the St. Louis region. I think they have about 4,500 S1 licenses in their environment right now that we manage for them. And uh, we put it side by side with that. And, you know, S1 cut. We, we intentionally, you know, threw some malware and we're like, hey, go to this website, download, you know, like virus total, download a hundred of these and let's see what happens. And S1 got hundred percent right away. And two weeks later, somebody from GroupSlap would have would have uh, contacted them and said, "Hey, you know how you have this on that machine." So that was an eye opener for for them and us. It's like, wow, you know, two weeks to get notified of something in your environment. Uh, the longer the longer bad actors and and ransomware or malware is running in your environment, the harder it is to remediate and get it out of there. So, you, the other thing is. Um, when you go to purchase a product uh, and you're negotiating, if you're a small district and you got 50, 100, 250 uh, licenses or users, or you're a large district, you got 4,000, you know, we have tens and tens of thousands of licenses. So, you know, our our negotiating block is uh, pretty strong. So that's how we are able to kind of get this uh, to K-12 at the price point that we do.
1: Sure. So um, you mentioned uh, a client in St. Louis, or a twelve in St. Louis, and you know your sock that sock service can be done easily remotely. Like you're not on site in any of your clients. But I think another important distinction that you guys we need to clarify is um, you don't need to be in the St. Louis region. You don't need to be in Illinois, Missouri, Iowa, Kentucky. Like you can offer this service to anybody across the country, right? Like you've got clients in other states. So I, I think that's an important distinction too.
3: Yeah, and um, just from uh, the past few months of you guys talking about us, we we've gotten uh, K twelve districts, you know, small and large, all, all across the country. Uh, we've got some large districts in Michigan. We've got districts in uh, in the Seattle area, so um, Ohio, and you, you know, it's kind of nice to see how the community kind of sticks together and. One of the one of the reasons we like partnering with you guys is we like your passion, we like your mission and what you're doing, and that's kind of always been one of our philosophies. Is we don't want to come across as a sales guy. We we want to come across as a trusted advisor and a partner and look for the best solutions for for our clients, Uh, because with everything that we do, we're really about a long term relationship and. When you have our sock, we look at that as we're your employees. We're an extension of your team, and we're doing everything that we can to protect your brand just as much as our own brand on a on a daily basis, like every hour by hour, minute by minute, second by second.
1: It's awesome, and that's I think a really good way to wrap wrap this up, Chris. I think you have an important announcement though about I our do. relationship.
2: I um, do. David used this really great word. He mentioned the word partner. Um, We do have sponsors and we do, you know, I don't want to misspeak and say that we don't treat our sponsors like they are partners. We're in this thing together. Uh, We're working for the good of the cause. But uh, David and NTP, uh, we've been searching, uh, you know, we we talk about Midwest Tech Talk, the conferences. We talk about K-12 Tech Pro, the website and the community. uh, And then we have the podcast uh, and we've talked about trying to find a partner to work with. That's all in for the good of the cause, for the big picture stuff, trying to shake things up in K-12, take care of each other, take care of K-12. And NTP, uh, we're excited to say, is going to be our first ever uh, Diamond Partner uh, for 2024. Uh, And I'm just super excited about being able to say that sentence and then what that sentence means. Uh, They're going to be hanging out with us on the podcast Uh, Through many, many episodes of 2024, uh, the K-12 Tech Pro regional meetups all across the nation, Uh, they are are partnering up for us to be able to attend those. So we have those uh, cooking, I think, Uh, probably in the next week or so. We're going to announce, and I can kind of tell you the cities, that we're going to be in San Diego, that we're going to be in Dallas. Uh, We announced the one for the Midwest and Columbia already uh, for all of 2024. Uh, NTP is going to be at the Midwest Tech Talk Technical Conference in July. Uh, and in particular, with the K 12 Tech Pro uh, community, uh, it's been cooking and it's being talked about that we want to do like a cybersecurity coalition. We're coming up with these are the standards that we're going to follow. You know, here's your email stuff that you need to do, SPF, DMARC, DCAM, and here's the article, and here's the good uh, tech to reach out to. But we're going to merge all that together with NTP where we can talk about EDR. Uh, and we have NTP to lean on uh, to get vendor neutral advice on things, but to also get vendor uh, detailed advice uh, as well. So, David, thank you for partnering with us. Uh, I think you're as excited as we are about it. A- absolutely. You know, uh, the the partnership
3: thus far has been great for us, and we really appreciate it. Um, you know, we enjoy working with you guys. It's a lot of fun. Going to your conferences is a lot of fun, so we really enjoy that. Um, I I enjoy one one of the things that uh, Josh asked earlier is like one of the differences between, you know, the corporate world versus K-12. Going to the K-12 reminds me of the corporate world like 15 to 20 years ago. It was a lot more fun, right? (laughs) And that environment isn't as fun anymore, right? So when you go to when you go to these K-12 events, everybody knows everybody. It's a lot of fun. Everybody's sharing information. So, you know, we, we love being a part of that. And then um, I know we sponsor some members, some of the members yes. of K-12 uh, Tech Pro. But, um, you know, from this podcast today, what I'd like to do is say, hey, we'll sponsor another 20 members. Like the first 20 that give you guys a call from, uh, from today's episode. Awesome. You know? just uh, make an introduction and we'll, we'll
2: cover their membership. Awesome. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. The NTP partnership too. It, it's just going to let us do a lot. Uh, we've talked about, and I would love for this to, I, well, I'm going to say this, I would hate for this to happen, but love for it to happen when a school in Arkansas is under a cyber attack, which I don't want to happen to any I was school to say, in why Arkansas. Are you picking
1: on, why are you picking on Arkansas? I know, I
2: know, but <laughs> Uh, This partnership is going to let us try to move some resources to maybe help them if they're on K-12 Tech Pro, even if that resource is Josh driving uh, and buying pizza for that tech department hanging out with them.
1: I would buy beer. Like, if you're going to send me for pizza, (laughs) I'm, I'm bringing
2: beer. Okay, okay. Pizza and maybe some beer. yes (laughs) yes yeah. <laughs> if it's me that shows up we're probably going to drink some energy drinks together yeah chris won't yeah. bring beer. whatever
1: okay, ask for josh and and maybe mark mark will bring probably lobster tail from new england or something <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll bring the beer from saint from yeah
2: but it's gonna open that door up uh if if you're in a tech department and all the tech departments in your side of the state wherever you're at uh salaries suck uh, and you're wanting an advocate Uh, to do some salary research. Eric, the intern, is going to be willing to do some data research. And he might show up at your superintendent's door uh, if you want us to. It's just it's going to let us change the game. Again, K-12 Tech Pro, a family, a community, uh, we want to flip tables in a positive way uh, for K-12 Tech departments. Uh, That's what this partnership, some of it, is going to do. And again, the cybersecurity stuff, the coalition stuff, I know is going to be a big deal.
1: All right, cool. David, we appreciate you coming on, spending uh, 20 minutes with us or so. And uh, we look forward to this ongoing relationship for uh, the majority of 2024. And I foresee it lasting quite a bit longer than that.
3: Excellent. Thank you, guys. I appreciate
0: your time. Thank you. The views and opinions expressed on the K-12 Tech Talk podcast are the personal opinions of Josh, Chris, and Mark and do not represent the views or opinions of our sponsors or other organizations that we're affiliated with. The material information presented here is for general information and entertainment purposes only. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.